Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Chris Marwitz, and welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. So I have with me, as always, former NFL player James Loving. How are you doing today, James? I am happy. We got one of our, well, like I said, brotherhood back on the show because, you know, once you're a player, you're all brotherhood. Especially, you know, I had a chance um, to play that from the junior college, you know. So, you know, right. I know what type of player he was there. So, you know, I, like I said, I give all respect to not only his ability on the field, but, you know, off the field of things when we focus on what he's doing. So I'm just glad he was able to take time, Chris, to come back and, Give us a little input, input on what he think, and you know, just you know, on just his ideas, you know, just opinion. Talk, talk about what's going on. Well, let me introduce him then. So, everybody, uh, I want to welcome former NFL player Rob Awalt. Hey, Rob, how are you today? Thank you for being on again. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I know. Uh, glad to glad to be on uh, up in Northern California, and just kind of got our you know fingers crossed for folks not too far from us. I'm. In Sacramento, just outside of Sacramento and Roseville, we're about 80, 90 miles from these uh, devastating fires. And we it looks, you know, out my windows uh, like it's foggy outside. There's so much smoke in the air. And so uh, it's kind of uh, the forefront of everybody's mind around here. But uh, glad to have some diversion and, 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 and be on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's well, got to be pretty horrendous to deal with for now. No, I heard about that, you know, and I'm, you know, all the prayers go out to everybody out there. Is that coming from Thousand Oak Rock, that fire, or is nope. there another one? No, Thousand Oaks Fire is unfortunately a whole other fire, and they're, and they're being devastated down there. This is uh, out in a, a town called Paradise, which is by Chico, California, and uh, just just a quick update on it, and again, the devastation. As a matter of fact, uh uh, why everybody on this uh, listening to this radio show would know is uh, Butte College is uh, where Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of junior college football, uh, James, you and I played it. Aaron Rodgers uh, is yeah. from Paradise, the Chico area, and went to Butte College. And uh, the devastation there is the it's the most devastation in the history of California. They've they've got over fifty fatalities, and uh, and that number's growing. Uh, they're out out uh, trying to. To uh, figure that out as we speak, but the the fires are still burning uh, uh, pretty hot and heavy. And um, again, yeah, so that's that's about um, sixty seventy miles north of Sacramento, where where we're located. Which is actually pretty close, truth be told. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so you know, it's kind of ironic, you know, uh, going back to to Aaron. Um, they in the news yesterday they showed you know the the uh, the junior college sign of uh, Butte, Butte uh, Junior College and virtually there was fire around it uh, the the sign um, so I'm sure Aaron is uh, keeping an eye out at the bear as well because his family still lives up that way. Wow! Oh, well, yeah. go out to everybody, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So before we get going, Rob, um, go ahead and give us a little background to remind our, our listeners um, about where you played uh, as far as college and then in the pros. And then uh, I, I want to kind of give you a, a few accolades, too, because I'm sure you're not going to – you probably won't talk about it, but I will. 
So go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just uh, uh, local. I grew up in Sacramento, uh, South Sacramento, and uh, out of high school was recorded, uh, re- recruited as a quarterback and went up to the University of Nevada um, and, and tr- ended up transferring back to the junior college at Sacramento City where where uh, I played against James uh, back in the, in the uh, mid-'80s and then uh, finished my uh, collegiate career down at San Diego State and uh, was fortunate enough to get drafted in the third round by the uh, then St. Louis Cardinals. Um, kind of dates me a little bit, but uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And then uh, the very next year I played one year in St. Louis, then the team moved uh, to, to Phoenix uh, to become the Arizona Cardinals. And... Uh, about midway through my career, I got traded out to the Cowboys and uh, played out there a few years. And then my last uh, couple of years, I was up in Buffalo uh, with Marv Levy and that group. So, uh, yeah, that that that's kind of a, in a snapshot. Fantastic. So there's a couple things that you left out. So when you played um, back at, at San Diego State, um, didn't you uh, – well, in 1986, you were on the all-WAC team, all team, correct? Yeah, yeah. I made. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, it was a first-team all-Western all Athletic Conference. Uh, now, now they San Diego State's in the Mountain West Conference, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even think there's a Western Athletic Conference anymore. I think it, it morphed. But yeah, yeah so that, that, there's not, you're trying to date me, Chris. That, that, we're, well, we're talking but, about but stuff. You know that's what? But you, but you played against James <laughs> in that year in '86. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was well, at, he was at Wyoming, and you were at San Diego State in '86. Yeah, you that's a, I, I remember the Wyoming game pretty well. Um, I, I remember yeah. that uh, the, the good guys came out on top. Um, if, if, uh, <laughs> if you're on this side of the phone. <laughs> well, okay. Now, now let's let, let's move on. So, when you went to St. Louis Cardinals, you happened to run. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you can't hear me. Uh, I, I can't go I ahead. Sorry. Before you go, I want to say something before you go on, and I'm not, you know, just saying this because Rob on that show. Rob, I had followed you. I knew your name when you were playing. I was like, ah, he's good. Even when, you know, standing here, but I remember when you St. Louis, and I followed you. I'm like, God, that tight end, that man, you know, um, just by what you did, I was amazed. And I didn't really follow too many people when I was getting up, growing up, but I had followed you. That's weird that when the first time we got you on the show, I was like, I know that name. And I just remember it. And, and when you were playing, I was like, wow. You know, and you might not think it, but I thought you was better than Jay Novacek, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, ironically, Jay backed me up. Jay backed me up for for his whole career with the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> I got there, you know. He's a he's a Wyoming boy, so you got to stick up for him. Jay Jay has uh, had a mm-hmm. fantastic career, and I got drafted. Uh, Jay was the starting tight end uh, with the Cardinals, um, and I uh, got a chance to to get a start in my rookie year, and uh, uh, ended up starting the rest of the year and and, and the next several years. And and Jay then was uh, a free agent and left and went to the Cowboys. And ironically, six months later, I got traded to the Cowboys. So uh, he and I played together for six years, um, kind of ham and egged it for quite some time. And then he uh, kind of took off and became the, the, the guy that we all know now, uh, you know, Super Bowl winner and a pro bowler, um, just just a really good player. But, 
you know, the Cowboys fit for Jay uh, was 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 better than the Cardinal fit. The Cowboys, you know, had a a uh, an offense that relied heavily on the fullback doing all the the heavy blocking. Uh, Daryl Johnston, who is uh, obviously a great player in himself, Oof. and Jay didn't have to have the prototypical tight end, you know, blocking it. It in today's tight end, Jay Novacek, you know, was kind of that type of tight end where he'd flex out and and not have to, you know, do the heavy heavy blocking. He just wasn't a big guy. He's 225, 230 pounds. Unbelievably athletic. Um and so the the change of scenery and and the offensive philosophy, he blossomed and 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 really did a fantastic job. So but with the Cardinals that it was more of a traditional, you know, I, I was known as a receiving tight end as well, but I was just a little bigger and uh, could, you know, block at the point of attack a little bit uh, stronger than Jay at that point. So I was able to uh, uh, get more playing time than him with the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, like I said, we ham and egged it a lot. Um, um, Jay, and I, Jay and I are still friends, and, and uh, I enjoyed my, my, my time with him. And, and he does get all, uh, all the publicity because he has three Super Bowl rings, and he should. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic. We'll tell you what, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, there's a few more accolades I want to talk about with you. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz. And I have, of course, James Loving. He stepped away for a moment, but I have with me former NFL player Rob Awalt. Hey, Rob. Again, thanks for having you on. It's it's always good to talk to people, especially one that ha- that's had a career like yours. <laughs> so, again, there's a couple more couple more accolades I want to talk about. You know that sure. you you 
kind of, kind of, you know, you don't want to, you know, people don't want to sit there and talk about themselves, but, you know, this, this is big. This is big. So during your rookie year, when you were with the, the St. Louis Cardinals, and of course, Jay Novacek got hurt. Thanks, thanks to that, you got to step up. And, and because of that, during that year, you were nominated for NFL NFC Rookie of the Year for 1987. And then you also were on the NFL All Rookie Team for 1987. Yeah, it, it uh, again, it's it's uh, one of those things you know you you reflect upon, and at the time you just you know you're you're nervous and and trying to you know prove yourself in that you belong in the on the team, and then in the league, and then all of a sudden you get the opportunity to start making some plays and. You know, but that's what they drafted you for as well. You know, I, I, I was the first tight end drafted uh, my year. Um, you know, they didn't used to take the tight ends in the first round very much like they do now. Uh, they're not as you – know, we, we just weren't thought of as that big of a part of the offense as, as, as tight ends are in today's ball. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was a lot of fun. You know, Jay, Jay uh, nicked his elbow and, and uh, was only going to miss a game. Um, but that just kind of shows you – um, the the parts that people maybe don't understand about um, professional sports, especially professional football, is there's a lot of insecurities that run around, and they're and, and they're for the right reasons. Unless you're a, you know, just an absolute superstar, it only takes missing one game to lose your job for uh, several years because that's what really happened. Is you know, there's the people that. You know, we're on the field are, are are darn good, but the guy waiting in the wings is typically pretty good too. Um, mm-hmm. Again, unless you're, you know, one of the superstars, then you have this big separation between you and everybody else. But yeah, it was you know, it was one of those ones. I I, I thought I may you know get my one start. I wanted to go in there and and frankly not screw things up, <laughs> you know. But but it ended up having a a nice game, and so the next week they they you know stayed with it. Jay was healthy and and uh, was suited up to play, but they stayed with uh, with me the next game, and I had another uh, nice game and, and, uh, it kind of rolled that way for the end of the year and, um, you know, got some awards for that. And, uh, and, 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 you know, like I was saying earlier in the earlier segment, you know, Jay, Jay took Jay, uh, getting a uh, free agent to the Cowboys to get, kind of get his job back. And, uh, and then when he did, he took, took absolute advantage of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people forgot that he actually played with the St. Louis Cardinals before the Cowboys. So, yeah, and, yeah. and actually so. You know, he he never he never started there really except for a few games. And and the St. Louis Cardinals were an afterthought. You know, this is, you know, kind of before ESPN and everybody knew everybody. You know, now you get full coverage of every team. But, you know, we were in the middle of moving then, um, and you're an afterthought uh, with the St. Louis baseball Cardinals. They were a darn good team back then. As a matter of fact, uh, I got to go watch my Giants play against them in the playoffs that year because um, we were on strike. So uh, during the strike, um, Neil Lomax, who was our starting quarterback, um, invited me with him to go see the, the Giants-Cardinals baseball game. And so we were really kind of an afterthought back then. So, so you know, Jay's uh, – I think Jay was there two years before I got there. So he, he, he was with the Cardinals for probably five – years and with the Cowboys for five years, but if the average uh, football fan probably only knows him as a Cowboy. Um, right. 
So yeah, so um, but that was that was the circumstance back then, right? You know, the Cardinals again uh, being overshadowed uh, uh, with, with the baseball Cardinals as well as the the move that was the big talk of the town. Exactly, James, are you back with us? Sure. Perfect. Yeah, okay. I just want to say Rob still not giving himself credit. I'm gonna tell you why, Chris. Go ahead. He know, and I know with football, if that starting person. Um, it's injured, and you'll back up because I tell everybody, if you're on the NFL team, you get us a starter. There's nobody going to make that team that's not an athlete and good and got mental and physical boost to be on the NFL team. That's why so many make it. So one, Rob, wrong about that. But Rob stepped in, and he knows how it don't matter if you have a big name still too. If that other player is playing like you, Rob was playing, Chris, I mean, because look how Tom Brady took the spot from uh, what the Drew Brees. Look how all these other guys are stepping in with the big name. Everybody said, well, he's a star, you know, but you got a Rob that comes on and play like he's playing. You got to keep playing him because that's the best, you know? So yeah. Rob, no, I know, hand, you yeah. know, he's saying that um, you don't take, but you do take a spot because that person behind you just as good as that starter. He's just like Rob said, he might hit that name or wasn't no big, big. But everybody go out there and play their heart off, and that's how Rob won that job. And look what he did that year, Chris, with all the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Rob, you ain't going to talk about it, but like I said, um, I'm going to bring it up because I watched it. I don't watch many well, players. It's, it's, like, it's, it's you funny, know? though, when you, when you look back at it, you know, now pushing 30 years later, you get a lot more humble. When I was that 23-year-old uh, guy that, that was, you know, suiting up every day, Hell yeah, I thought I was the right guy for the job. <laughs> you know, that, that 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 guy may have been a little, had a little different uh, response than I just had. But you know, when you when you when you get a little maturity about you, you look back at it a little more humble. But but at at the time, you know, I I probably thought, you know, why aren't I started? Why is he in front of me? And and when the opportunity got there, right. I wanted to be basically say, you see, I told you so. That's that's really the the truth of the matter. But. That 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 is also going back to what I was saying. That's why a lot of guys, you know, play hurt and play injured. It's not only the mentality of the sport, but you're you're worried about losing your job because you know that guy uh, is is darn good that that is uh, sitting behind you. So yeah, that that it all comes yeah. full circle. But yeah, truth be told, I thought I was the right guy for the job. <laughs> wow. There you go. So, Rob, the last thing I want to bring up before we start talking about uh, you know things that are happening. The last, the last thing was when you were with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so so most most football players, the reason why they play is they want to play the big game, right? Most of them don't get up, get the opportunity, but you did. You played in Super Bowl twenty eight when you were with the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, you played against the Dallas Cowboys and Dallas won, but you were there. Yeah, you know. Um... It, 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 it's so surreal, too. You know, I was lucky enough to play in back-to-back ones, you know, 27-28. Um, but ironically, I, I, I played my former teammates in both, you know. And, and uh, you know, when I was a free agent um, and left the Cowboys, I had I had got hurt a couple times with the Cowboys. I had some back surgery at the end of uh, my first year there and missed the last, I think, three or four games of the year. And we just barely missed the playoffs. The next year, uh, I ended up breaking my thumb and missed the first five, five or six games of the year, and that's when Jay, we were talking about Jay Novacek, kind of took off because he and I were doing some, like I said, ham and egg and back and forth, 
a lot of double tight, a lot of, you know, rotating series. I'd run a series, he'd run a series. And then I broke my thumb and missed the first, I believe it was six weeks. Maybe it was only four. I think it was the first four weeks of the season. And uh, by the time I came back, Jay was, you know, having a fantastic year and kind of, and, and the rest is history. But so at the end of that year, you know, we ended up making the playoffs, uh, snuck in as a wild card team. Um, we were young. We were good. But, you know, nobody expected what, what happened the next year. So when free agency came about, you know, I had been a starter in the league now for, you know, uh, whatever, how many years that was, four, five, six years. I've, I've seen a lot of playing time. So I'm thinking, man, you know, I, I, got, I don't want to be a backup. Um, you know, even though I, I, I love the Cowboys and I still am close friends with a couple guys uh, that I played with on that team, still talk to them and see them. And uh, I wanted to stick around, but at the same time, your your ego is, you know, I'm a starter. You know, I've, I've still got four or five years left in this league. I'm a starter. I'm going to go. I'm going to go start somewhere else. And uh, so, so when free agency came around, I did that. Um, my old offensive coordinator with the uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Phoenix Cardinals, with a man named Jim Schaffner, who I loved. He was Buffalo's offensive coordinator at that time. So, and, and Buffalo had a guy named Pete Metzlars who, you know, from afar I looked at and just said, okay, he's, you know, he's a solid player and, you know, he's nothing, you know, I, I think, I, and they wanted, you know, somebody that could come in and kind of maybe uh, give him a little more stretch on offense, you know, give him a little more offensive firepower. You know, get there, Pete Metzlars is a fantastic player and maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but Pete was uh, just so steady, unbelievable pro. Uh, I think he ended up playing more, started more games uh, at tight end than anybody in NFL history. It's just a ridiculous amount. I don't even know, like 15, 16 years uh, of starting. Um, and so I got up there, and and, and uh, it didn't work out the way I thought it would, so I was in a backup position up in Buffalo. And, you know, here we come uh, down to the end of the season. You know, the, the Cowboys, you know, went from, you know, a wild card team to, to you know, playing the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, uh, winning that. And so, you know, here we are. I'll see, see all my old teammates in two weeks in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the rest, again, is history. They, they went on to win three of the next four and probably would won four in a row if, if Jimmy Johnson would have stayed put. Um, but, yeah, so it's, in you know, in hindsight, I should have just uh, stayed put, right, <laughs> and uh, and backed up Jay and kept our kept our uh, uh, career together uh, going. But um, yeah, that was what what an experience. Getting back to I think your original question, what an experience. It just again, it's a surreal experience. You don't even realize it, and even looking back on it, sometimes you think, did I really do that, or was it just something that I thought about? Um, it, it's that big of a deal. Wow, hey, hey Chris. Chris, I got Go right to give me one, one more. I just want to say something he said. Rob, I can't talk to Chris about when we talk sport, we'll be going at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but um, you said something, and me and Chris talk, you know, a lot. And um, you said something like, you know, when you're a starter, you always want to start. Um, this not going off the chart, but, you know, I look at these athletes that, like, um, Camelo Anthony, that he can't be a starter no more on different teams. When do you feel as an athlete that, you know what, I might just have to be a backup, take that back over? But like you say, that um, five takes in and they don't want to be a backup. When do you have to learn? I mean, did you learn that, you know what, maybe I'm going to be a 
Yeah, you know, it's it's humble pie. You know, Carmelo Anthony, again, when you go from a superstar like he was, uh, um, you know, to, to being a backup is probably a lot harder than somebody that, you know, like myself that was a starter that maybe didn't have a big gap between the guy that was behind me. But I was, you know, I, I felt uh-huh. that, that, you know, I was most comfortable on the field. My confidence, you know, level was high when I played a lot. When I didn't play a lot, my confidence level was low. So what's kind of interesting is, you know, my first couple years in the league, when you're playing, you feel like you belong, you know, because you're out there, you know, fighting at it every day and you're expected to do certain things and you're the one that's shouldering the burden. Later in my career, when I wasn't playing that much, it was like, you, you know, your mentally your confidence starts to go away and you're like, you know, can I play? Do I belong? You know, what is my role? And I think that being the most important thing is what is my role? And um, when you're starting and playing and fighting for that starting job, you know what your role is. It's defined. It's no different than, you know, um, you know I'm fortunate enough to, to be in a capacity uh, uh, in my in my in my employment, my post football, that I'm an employer, right? And one thing that that you know that we've had to to make sure on, you know, we've got some offices in Dallas and some out in D.C. and I'm out here in California. Is what are the roles of the people? And it doesn't change for them either. They they want to know their role. They want to know their responsibility. They they want that defined. And when it's not, they're just not as productive. And I look backwards at, at my athletic career now. I didn't know it at the time. But if I could have had some some maturity about me or some insight, that would have said, here's your role. And by the way, that is an important role. So do it. You know, stay in your lane or whatever you want to call that. Don't, you know, don't uh, uh, think that your role is, is different than this, right? I, I never got comfortable with that. Um, and so my confidence started to wean. And, and, and even Carmelo Anthony, I don't care if he's been the superstar or not, his confidence is low right now. <laughs> and, and because yeah. he doesn't want to take on a role, you've seen other pros that you see do that, and they, they adapt to this new you know, mentorship and they know their roles. And gosh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so impressed by it and so... Uh, uh, envious of them understanding, you know, and, and taking a lesser role. So is there a time, uh, James, that, that you know that? Sometimes it's too late. And Carmelo Anthony, I think it's going to be too late uh, when he realizes, uh, you know, if he wants to go play for, you know, and I don't even know the bottom of the barrel NBA team right now, if it's the New Jersey Nets and still be a starter, then that's what he needs to do if he's a selfish player. But he's had an opportunity the last two years with Oklahoma and Houston that are very talented teams to probably have a strong role for them and a productive role for them, but he's chosen not to, to do that. So, you know, um, I don't know if the light switch goes on and tells you when to do that, but, but it's definitely apparent to you and I uh, and anybody else watching. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, tell you what, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in, uh, in sports and football. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America. 
Nebraska Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Living That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I have with me former NFL player James Loving. So, James, now, now, how happy are you today? I'm always happy when the player that uh, and, and I'm not saying he's old, much older than me. I'm not saying he's an old man. But, um, <laughs> I grew up following him, you know. And you know, yeah. like I said, played against him. And when you follow somebody and their name sticks in your head, not only the name, but the name sticks in your head for a reason, Chris. You know, that place person was outstanding. Not only, like I said, on the field, also feels so. You know, it's an honor when I can sit here and talk with him and learn and you know, just like a little brother. Because, you know, like I said, um, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, I was weird at Like I said, I'm like, God, I know him. You know, he was, you know, so it's a pleasure always to have somebody talk to you that you followed and you get to hear them. Not only on the field, you know, when he tells you to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> but, you know, but it's an honor to be It is. Well, okay. I'll go ahead and introduce him one more time. Rob Awalt, former NFL player. Rob, you know, it's 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 a pleasure to get to talk to you and, and hear your stories and, 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 and understand where where you've been to and where you've been from and you know, everything that's it's it's good. Perspective changes over the years, right? You know, again, um, you know, we all look back and say, you know, what we would do, you know, differently and how we could enhance or 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 avoid, you know, pitfalls, whatever it is. So, I think just like anything in life, perspective is uh, is, is is important. Well, the old saying, uh, my dad used to say it to me, and and I never understood it, and then all of a sudden it just clicked one day. 
uh, about youth being wasted on the young, right? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you don't, what the hell does that mean? Now, you don't even know what it means, but <laughs> now, that, now that you look back on it, yeah, it is. You know, all that youthfulness, all that, you know, what you got, you know, from athleticism to how good you feel to how, you know, anything you do, you're just, you know, bulletproof, you know, like a, a rubber ball bounce back, but you have no perspective. And, and now I, I get fully when he said youth is wasted on the young, and I, and I believe him wholeheartedly. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. But I, I got I to gotta tell you, Rob, what, what, what James was saying uh, when, he, when he was talking about you was, I'm, was so on the mark. Because all I, I just said to him, I said, I said oh, by the way, we're going to have Rob. And he, and he just said your last name right away. And I looked at him, I said, I said how do you remember that? You know, because we only had you on the show the one time, but he had your name. He had your name in his head. So he, 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 he remembered. Good, good, good. So. So, so if, if ever you have somebody following you, <laughs> you know, just know that, as I'm just hearing, as I'm hearing, a little brother follow me. I mean, it, like a like a <laughs> yeah. younger brother, not 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 so much younger, but yeah. we'll 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 let him go away. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, uh, yesterday was the deadline for Le'Veon Bell to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers so he could play this season. He failed to appear, and he's left fourteen point. Sorry, $14.5 million on the table. His reason is he wants to preserve his long-term viability to sign a 2019 contract. So I have a couple, couple questions. Uh, first one is, if the Steelers don't make it to the Super Bowl, will they regret their decision? Rob? You know, I, I don't think they will. Um, you know, they, they, they've got a kid right now that is, if you just look at pure statistics, nothing else, and, you know, I'm not going to get into who's better or whatever, but if you look at pure statistics, I mean, the kid's outperforming Le'Veon Bell's most productive year in, in, in touchdowns and yards from scrimmage. Now, do I think that, that Le'Veon Bell and... Uh, the, the the Connor kid that they currently have, that's two weapons. So yeah, you're leaving. You know, you're leaving. Weapons is what wins in the NFL, especially in today's rules where offense has all the advantage, um, and it's going to take 35 to 40 points in a Super Bowl or in a playoff game to win it. To have both those weapons would be amazing. But um, you know. I just don't get it, you know. The and, and maybe James could comment on it. I, I, I'm still looking for the rationale of sitting out a year, leaving 14 million dollars on the table because nothing's guaranteed. You know, if he goes out this off season and you know is is starting his off season conditioning in January or February because he's looking for that long term contract, and he snaps an Achilles tendon, you know, this is all off the table. It's 100% off the table, you know, so um, I just, you know, leverage-wise and, and uh, planning-wise, again, uh, this may go back to what I said earlier, is, is, is youth wasted on the young? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. James, what, 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 what's your opinion on this? You know what's funny? I was going to ask Rob to help me out because, you know, I only got two years in, but Rob, those two years, I was looking for my check every week. I couldn't leave no fourteen million. You played a little bit longer, Rob. How is that just to leave that money out there? And like you say, you know, it's not guaranteed. So you leave enough money that you you know you're gonna get. But 
I don't know, Rob. You was there. Could you have left that money out like that? I mean, no, not, not, not a chance. Not a chance. You know, again, it, and, and, you know, putting myself into Le'Veon Bell's shoes, meaning I am that good, you know, because that's the thing you got to remember. He is a legitimate difference maker, a legitimate superstar in the NFL. His wear and tear factor this year, based upon you know the kid is is having a you know a, an all pro year uh, that plays his same position means instead of you touching the ball 400 times this year and taking all that wear and tear, maybe you're touching it 225 times, and so therefore your uh, uh, longevity that you're worried about is you know because because obviously running backs you know take such a, a beating. Uh, Adrian Peterson is showing that differently right now at 34 years old or whatever he is having a great year. But, you know, th- there's there's two trains of thought there. And I just don't know if the guy mentally was ready to play this year. I think that he had too much noise going on in his head and maybe too many people in his ear. Um, but I, I just don't um, – I can't come to a conclusion that makes any sense for, for what he's decided to do. Then also, let, let's just not – you know, uh, look at it from a, a different vantage point. Not only is is he leaving fourteen million minimum, minimum because of you know play incentives, mm-hmm. playoff money, Super Bowl money, all that. You know, maybe he's leaving another couple million dollars on the table. What about his? You know, I don't know how many guys are on NFL roster now. I think it's fifty three or fifty five or something. We had we had forty five. Yeah. What about his teammates and coaches? That he that have all put in the time and effort as a team to get to a goal. As a team, how many of those people have you disappointed and let down? And and now, all that stuff gets left behind if he signs a new deal next year. You know, with the Steelers or maybe you know with whomever to call it the Redskins or whoever. People are going to look at him funny and go, man, this guy's a selfish player. It all goes away when he becomes a teammate and he starts, you know, playing and doing the sacrificing and doing the things that he's going to do. At least you assume he's going to do. But what about that? I mean, I don't know if I not only, James, could I leave the money on the table, could I, could I separate the guilt for six months uh, that, I, that I let all those teammates down because, not because I was hurt, not because I, I couldn't do it, because I wanted to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Rob, let me ask you this. I know we got a little break, but let me ask you this, Rob. I see your point. I see people point. I lean both ways. One, you know how when me and you play, it wasn't about money, because we didn't see this that much of people bickering about money and contracts. Two, not about money. So when, when he said um, Antonio Brown and all that, when they were bickering about their money and got their contract, it was different. Now he won his money. Everybody talk about, well, you letting the team down. Isn't these players nowadays just all about money and that's why they on the way well? I, I I don't know if it's all about money, but I do know they understand it more. And like you know, you hear you hear some people say this is we aren't going to begrudge somebody about them wanting to get their money, you know, because we're all doing that, right? Because Again, they could take some of this away in the NFL if there was more guaranteed contracts. Yeah. You know, in baseball and, 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 and basketball, and I think even in hockey, once you sign that contract, it's a two-way contract, not a one-way contract. 
you know, when I, when I'm a baseball player and I sign my contract and you say you're going to pay me, you know, a million dollars a year for 10 years, it's a two-way contract. I'm going to, you know, come and play as best I can uh to to live up to that contract and you're going to pay me 10 well in the year 7 if my skills erode or I get hurt, you're still going to live up to your contract cuz I planned on living up to mine, right? That's that's typically the way, you know, contracts work. In the NFL it's all about that signing bonus. How much money can I get up front? Because they could sever that contract at any time. Um, maybe, you know, m- more guaranteed contracts, maybe shorter durations for the NFL to protect or the teams to protect themselves, a shorter duration contract, but guaranteed, would, would, would stop uh, instances like this. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it is definitely... Uh, a different mentality, and I get it. When when you're talking about fifteen million dollars, we 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 uh, we'd all probably think about it differently, right? I mean, like you were saying originally, is I don't think many of us could walk away from that kind of money. Yeah, it'd be hard. No. Let's tell you what. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, I just have uh, one follow-up question for this, and then we'll talk about some more stuff in the NFL. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Have we got a high energy, all access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports fans, players, coaches, and owners are all on Twitter. And the Voice America Sports Channel is there, too. If you need to stay on top of sports news and the most current discussions, follow us today at Voice AM Sports. That's Voice AM Sports on Twitter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving, and James, this is this has been a really good show, you know. It's we, we, we yeah. you know we got to high five each other because we, we, we've been doing so good. We've been so good. So, 
again, I want to thank our, our guest, Rob, Rob Awalt, you know, former NFL player again. You know, it's, it's good to have you on. You know, you, you always give a, a, you know, information that, that, and, and insight that I'm not even really considering. So thank you. You're quite welcome. Thanks for uh, having me back. I mean, last time I think uh, we did this, I, I was kidding around when we were off air at the beginning. I was uh, on a business trip and hustling to a hotel room uh, in Richmond, Virginia, on the other side of the country. <laughs> yep, yep. So well, before we took a last break, we were talking about... Off, I'm sorry, James, go ahead. You got all our players out there with the fire with them and everybody out there alive and you know, it's a deadly thing to be happening out there. I, man, California, boy, I just feel for them because the weather's always so dry and they get so fire. So I just want to say all up there for everybody out there in California, Rob, everybody you know and their families, and hope everything comes out, you know, better. Yeah, you know, and, and the same here. The, the, we're in the periphery of it, but um, everybody's trying to do what they can in, the, in a supportive way and crossing the finger way. And you got more weather watchers than ever right now. You know, people are seeing that, you know, there's supposed to be some rain uh, in the forecast for as early as next Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thanksgiving Day. And, and uh, you know, as much as we like our sunshine in California, I think we're all praying for some rain to come in and help out help out these uh, firefighters. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a picture yeah. that they posted um, showing just all these firefighters just after 24 hours of, of fighting these flames, they were just spent. They were laying down, yeah. so tired. And it's just yeah, you got to feel for them. They're they're the ones yeah, that are doing a, everything. Over, it's a tough over job. Seven thousand houses burned just in the Northern California fire. Over seven thousand houses burned down. Wow. So you know the displacement that that causes is uh, is hard to fathom. Wow. Yeah, and you know um, when they hit Santa Rosa, um, Santa Rosa football team still not playing on their football field. And that fire they hit the other yeah. was it two years ago, Rob? Yeah, they yeah, came uh, at the high school football, too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's devastating. You know, it's just the, the weather changes and, and the growth in California. You know, typically, I mean, we don't want to get too far off subject, but this time of the year we've already had, you know, four or five or six, you know, uh, rain storms come through, and fire season is, is, is over. You know, usually by the, the middle of October, the last two years, we've had some of the worst fires in October and November because rain starts coming in just later in the season. So it is, uh, it is a, uh, something that, you know, you just got to hope that Mother Nature starts uh, uh, going back the other direction to help us out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, Rob, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make you put you on the spot a little bit. Let's talk about tight ends. Zach Ertz, Philadelphia Eagles tight end, and Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs tight end. They're ranked one and two so, you know, for the season. Who's the better one? Oh. You know, um, gosh, Kelsey's so athletic and dynamic. And, they, you know, and again, the offense, you know, really – exasperates uh, how how good he is in space and what a mismatch he is. Um, you know, and again, pick your poison as a defense. They've got so many weapons that they, you know, they can't double him very often. They, they probably don't put their best cover person on him because he's a mismatch because of 
of Tariq Hill and the others that could just, you know, uh, beat you at any point. But man, he uh, he he's as good in 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 the in, in the way they utilize him as anybody. You know, Zach is is probably you know more prototypical. He's great in the in the passing game. He's not as dynamic as Kelsey, but he also is a guy that ends up lining up at the end of the line of scrimmage and sticks his head in there and and gives you kind of that two way player uh, more so than Kelsey does. So, you know, who's better? Uh, you know that that that's a coin toss. I mean, it really is. If you had either one of them on your team, you'd be pretty happy. Yep. James, well, what's your opinion on on Ertz and Kelsey? Chris, please don't ask me that. You know I'm going. I know who fly you're going to say, but I just got to hear it. Fly eagle fly, fly, fly. exactly. Fly eagle fly. You know I got to go with my eagle to make my brother. <laughs> All right. But okay, so but one of the things about tight ends and 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 even running backs, part they're not there just to catch the ball. They're also there to help protect the quarterback, to do some blocking, you know, and 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 that that's part of the part of their job. Um, between the two, between Ertz, Ertz and Kelsey, who's a better blocker, Rob? It, it you know Ertz Ertz is asked to do it more often, uh, no doubt whatsoever. Uh, they 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 rely on you know Kansas City uh, will run a lot of two tight end. They'll bring in uh, more of their blocking tight end. So I think you know, Zach Ertz is uh, you know if 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 you're looking like I said the two way player the more well rounded player. Um, you know I, I I may put my vote there, um, but you know to to pass up on a Travis Kelsey is you know he's a generational type uh, uh, player at that position. You know he's He's a Rob Gronkowski as far as, you know, the weapon he provides. And I'm sure if they said, hey, line up at the end of the line of scrimmage and block that guy, you know. Um, but at the same time, Andy Reid would go, why would I want to waste him, you know, doing that, you know, for, for 40 snaps a game when I could put pressure on the defense by just flexing him out or put him in uh, a step off the line. Um, you know, so I think it's just that weaponry. He's not asked as much to do it. Kelsey, uh that is, you know, Ernst is asked to do it more often. But at the same time, you know, Ernst is out in the in the pattern a ton. Philadelphia addressed that by going to get the uh, the the Dallas. Uh, I forget his last name. Um, the new tight end rookie this year that's just a monster himself. You know, he's a six six two sixty guy. And uh, if he if he starts to you know uh, get well rounded in his game. Philly's got you know two weapons there that just become a mismatch nightmare. So uh, I, I think that uh, Doug Peterson's taking the Bill Belichick uh, way of saying you know tight ends are are you know. Going to say that. Look back at New England's history, they used first rounders to take three tight ends in the last you know ten to twelve years. So um, I think Philly's going along that way. Wow. So James, you're going to stick with your fly eagles fly? Well, no, I kind of agree with. Uh, what Rob was saying, but I look at it this way as as the NFL is going, it's going to like scoring points and passing more. So you look at um, Kelsey as like a Jimmy Graham. They didn't know if he was a tight end or receiver. They could set him out wide, bring him down the block when he wants to. And I think that's what teams kind of want nowadays. You know, I don't think we're back in that era where Washington, when they had John Riggins, the, the Hogs, lining, they were just pounding the ball with the tight end, blocking more. So I would have to go like Ralph say with Kelsey to spread them out and all that and you know, put them in a different position, you know, the block. So 
I would go with that way. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, you know, if, but, um, if you just uh, if you just look at the uh, analogy with the NFL tight end, and look at you know um, the NBA, you know. Tight ends were, were were power forwards, you know. And if you look back at the Michael Jordan era, you know, with Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman or whatever, the power forward was there to to get their twelve points and and make you know the the eight to ten foot shot and get rebounds and set screens and do all those things. In today's NBA, that power forward is shooting three pointers as much as he's doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And they've done the same thing with the with the tight end in the NFL. They've they've put them into mismatch problems, meaning that that power forward in basketball now is a six ten guy that can move. So he he puts another big guy in space, and he and he could you know use that as to his advantage. Or if a smaller guy that could could handle his quickness tries to guard him, you know he uses his size as a disadvantage. It's the same thing for a, t- a tight end in the NFL. You put a linebacker on him, I could outrun you. I you know I I, I outmaneuver you. You put a safety on me, I'm just too big for you. You put a corner on me, I'm way too big for you. So mm-hmm. it, it's a you know that's what they're doing is. is Looking at matchups and trying to get that uh, advantage, and and they've proven to be able to do that time and time again. Wow. Well, Rob, again, I want to thank you for having for coming on and giving this your your perspective again, on Rob. things. It's it's great. So thank you. Yeah. Happy holidays to you guys. Uh, we got Thanksgiving around the corner, and next thing you know, uh, Santa will be coming down the chimney. So uh, <laughs> yes, happy holidays to everybody. Thank you. You too. You have a great week. All right. Be well. Thank you very much. Have a great week, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.